Responsible consuming involves thinking. Not consuming for the sake of it, thinking what do I want, what do I need. Buying quality so that you don't have to rebuy all the time. And thinking about where what you buy comes from. Every decision we make individually has an impact. Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to What the Wellness, a podcast brought to you by the Wellbeing Bureau. Hi, everyone. We're back and we've got a great interview for you with the inspirational Gwendoline Clare, owner of One Step, which is an online store selling eco-essentials for daily living. If you care about what's in your products, who makes them, and how they get to you, this online eco-store does all the research for you. So you can click away, order anything you want in the store, and know that you are making ethical and responsible choices. We'll be back at the end chatting about the interview and how it has inspired us. So here's Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Hi. Welcome. Thanks so, for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It's it's so nice to be here with you. Yeah. So tell us what inspired you to start this company and some of the ethos behind it. Okay. So really, I've always been relatively eco myself um, since I was a girl. Um, my dad um, worked for a government agency in France um, whose purpose was to save energy. Um, so from the start at home, I was always made super aware of waste and uh, energy efficiency. We weren't allowed to have long showers at home. Sometimes we had to share a bath. So we were always um, reminded in a niggly sort of way about um, uh, energy consumption and general behaviors to limit it. Um, then if you move forward 10 years, 20 years, my sister, um, who was also obviously as aware as me, um, started about five years ago uh, working on a daily blog where she took an interest in giving advice to people on how to change their everyday habits in order to become a little bit more respectful to the environment and do things that are easy to change but that have a relatively high impact. So what sort of things did she say on her blog? Could you give us an example of like a, a little sure. tip? Sure. I mean, <laughs> wash your hands with cold water. Right, yeah. Pump up your tyres on the road. You'll, you'll, you'll use a lot less petrol. Eat your local honey. Don't get the one from New Zealand or Australia. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. And also it's much tastier. Yeah. They, they are ultra simple, mm. but they have a, a big impact, especially if people start changing their, their ways. So if many, many people yeah, on start mass. on mass, yeah. exactly. So the, 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 the blog is still going. What, what's the name um, of the blog? Well, it's a French blog, obviously, because yeah. she's over there. So it's called Je fais ma transition. Ah, I so it's all in French. Wait, I do it my is. transition? Uh, yeah, I do my transition. Oh. <laughs> 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 but 
Com. But um, so I've this is w- what inspired me to start yeah. with, and I'll explain later how I've kind of reused some of my sister's ideas and adapted them to the things I do here. Right. Um, so I've also got sort of some little tips like this to give everyone. Brilliant. Fantastic. One of the things I love about what you do is the way that your ethos behind it it comes from a place where it's totally non-judgmental and um, you're giving people the space to make small changes. Um, Can you speak a little bit about your mindset in terms of, you know, why it's called One Step? And I, I love the ethos sort of behind that and what that means. Sure. Okay, so... For a couple of generations, maybe three generations, we've done things without necessarily thinking about what impact what we do has. But this is all changing now. And it's becoming much easier to keep informed. And when you're informed, you can act, essentially. Um, Now, in terms of the approach, I very much... Um, believe in being absolutely non-judgmental and giving people lots of room to make their own decisions on what it is they want to change in their daily lives. They don't have to change everything, you know, just a few things per household would have a huge impact Mm -hmm. globally overall. And the more people do small things, the more they talk about them and the more likely they are to convert other people to do their small things. And so that's how I think we are most powerful is to, to, to adapt gestures that make sense but that also work for us. You know, if you are the type of person who has to have warmth around you all the time, then turn the heat on, but do other things. You know, walk to the center of town instead of taking your car. Um, Try to holiday in the UK. Do do other things that might work for you, but don't um, compromise on the things that are most important for you. Mm. Right. I think it's so interesting when you say, you know, you were talking earlier as well about the impact of air travel, just the carbon footprint there. And you just said, you know, oh, holiday in the UK if you're here or wherever you live. And then I thought, oh, gosh, there might be some people who are like, oh, my gosh, Um, like that they would find being conscious about these decisions just awful or something or not want to go there. I think that you will always find people who don't really care and it doesn't matter how many times you know the message is being talked about around them they won't hear it that's unavoidable and in a way it's a product of what society is Um, but I think these people are very few and I think ultimately especially now everyone talks about it they care about the planet they live on and if they can do something that makes a difference I think they will if you talk to people um, uh, by being accusatory and by telling them they do everything wrong, they won't be interested. They don't want they to... They just shut down, don't yes. they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you remain open and take an interest in their lifestyle and maybe make a few suggestions of this or that that could be adapted or changed and why, 
I'm sure the majority of people are absolutely interested. Yeah. I think that, like with anything, what I've noticed, for example, with plastic bottles, is that you've had it, I don't know, what, over the last two years maybe? So now, whenever I see someone with a plastic bottle, it's almost like... You know, like not not in a judgmental way, but you it, that used to be normal. Everyone had a plastic bottle, not. and now it's totally not. And, and it's, it's slowly mm. filtering through. And the people that you are saying, you know, that that maybe aren't prepared to make a change, when something is the norm, we don't even consider it. You just don't consider sure that that is an option mm. anymore. Sure. Do you remember um, the reaction of people when they first introduced the um, fee for plastic bags in supermarkets? Yeah. People didn't like it. They don't like change. Now, and the I smoking do- ban. People yeah. were absolutely outraged. Absolutely. Oh my, you could- <laughs> I was telling my students the other day, yeah. like, you could go to a restaurant and they'd be, like, smoking or non-smoking. Yeah. Everywhere. You could smoke in the bus. There's, yeah, there's no wall, even. Or on yeah. planes. You yeah. could smoke on planes. Yeah. Now it's Come like, on. Yeah. So yeah. funny. But uh, totally normal. And, and that's really interesting. It's a very good comparison. It, mm. It's... It, 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 it's um, it's a mindset that you need mm. to, to challenge, but not too aggressively. Um, often you need regulation to go with it. Yeah. Um, but people eventually come around and they understand why they're doing things. And so they will do them. Mm. Right. But and I, I have another good example, actually. One of the um, everyday products that um, makes no sense at all is the little coffee capsules that people use at home in their Nespresso yeah. machine. Aren't they recyclable? No. They're not. Well, well they, they give you a bag. Because yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm just admitting it, you can talk <laughs> freely about me right now. Just well, tell me to my face. Actually, I'm going to use you as an example. Okay. Because you are typical. Thank you. In that you're using... <laughs> People never call me typical. <laughs> no, you, you're using a perfectly reasonable um, product to make your coffee and the coffee tastes good and it's easy, it's simple. It's really quite a good um, thing to have at home. And it looks good as well, doesn't it? It does look good on the yeah. counter. <laughs> um, so, so you buying from... Nespresso or other brands exist. <laughs> um, a, a capsule that they have told you is recyclable, okay? But what they have forgotten to tell you is that to recycle this particular capsule is extremely um, uh, hard work because there's a number of components. There's a coffee inside, there's the aluminium, which actually should be recycled because you can use it over and over again. There's a little sticker at the top and nobody on the recycling plant is going to take the trouble of emptying the coffee from from the capsule, rinsing the capsule and recycling it. And therefore, almost all of the capsules, and I have no number, maybe I should check the numbers, <laughs> but we are talking billions, right. are, end up in landfill. Right. They don't get recycled. So it's a product that makes no sense. It, it's practical, because it's easy, but it makes no sense because it causes far too much waste. Right. 
So um, there are ways of addressing this. They, they now make uh, bioplastics um, that although are not ideal, are a lot better because they eventually you know, decompose. Um, it, it could be used by an espresso. The reason it's not is probably cost, but also design. You know, often there's, they want their product to look and feel a certain way. And if they switch from one material to another, it's not quite right for them. But um, I think companies like One Step, and I'm not the only one, there's lots of others that do the same sort of thing, can offer alternatives which make sense, which hopefully are well designed and, and, and work for people to um, have the option to switch away. Um, but for this, they would need to know about it. And you're a good example because you didn't know. No. But then there's no reason why you should know um, because you're not a specialist in this particular um, area. Yeah, yeah. And How so, interesting. And so, yes, yeah, so one step would offer you a good enough alternative to this disaster that is the, the, the coffee capsule. Right, right. So I imagine there are these disasters kind of everywhere. hidden everywhere in our yeah. lives, aren't they? Yeah. And, and I think one, one of the brilliant things is the advances in technology, which um, allows us to find really pretty good alternatives to most of the things that we have created a need for over the past 20, mm. 30 years. Um, it costs a bit more money, which is an issue, but the more of us use them, the, the more uh, likely the price is to come down. Yes. I was, can you speak more about that? You were saying, I loved what you said earlier, just about consumption and the power that we have with, you know, our individual power, not just what we're doing for ourselves and for our own impact on the environment, but also, well, showing people where we want money spent and where we want it to go. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think we are, we all have a superpower um, in, um, choosing the way we consume and um, doing it not just individually but talk about it and convert other people to also consume carefully and respectfully and I think by doing this we are able to put a huge amount of pressure on the authorities and on the industry to change the way they manufacture or they um, regulate the industry. Mm. And it's almost like we are a huge lobby group simply by choosing not to buy the plastic bottles yeah. um, or not to buy the coffee capsules. And Nespresso, um, in, in my example, if they saw enough interest from consumers to to no longer consume their um, their capsules they would absolutely develop an alternative mm. that's whose impact is not as bad on the environment because i think it's business isn't it a lot yes. of companies and i think this is this is what is happening people are looking ahead and they're looking at trends and they're going to be looking at what is happening people are really aware of the environment and their impact and if you run a big company, you've got to be thinking, how, you know, I need to start thinking about this. How can we change what's going on? Because if everyone decides, which I'm sure at some point, you know, they will, then we have to be ready so that, you know, it's a good business model. 
what you're doing and bringing that, um, highlighting the power of the consumer and the individual, the way that you think that you're just, you can think that you're just an individual. It doesn't matter. Your actions don't matter because you're, you're just one. But if you start using something and you tell someone and they tell someone, it's like a family tree. It gets big really, really quickly. Things spread really, really quickly. And I think it's, it's brilliant. That's it. I completely agree with this. Is that It's such a shame to give up doing something just because you don't think it has any impact. I think every action has an impact. And it's like the thing that uh, where people say, what does it matter if I throw away my plastic straw? It's only one plastic straw. And then you multiply this by, you know, seven, is it seven billion people on earth? Then we've got seven billion plastic straws. Yeah. So actually every decision we make individually has an impact and we should never feel that um, that decision doesn't matter. Mm. And you're absolutely right about spreading, you know, uh, and it's what's happening right now. It's very exciting. And I think nobody wants to remove the um, commercial uh, advantage from uh, companies in selling products. This is not the idea. Um, it's just pressurizing these companies to pick the right products, to produce them properly, not to exploit anyone, to, whenever possible, use resources that are plentiful. It's not too much to mm. ask. Yeah. Mm. Can Moving on from that nicely, can you tell us a little bit about the criteria for products? Because I know you, you're quite meticulous in researching each of your products. So what's the criteria of a product that you would sell happy be happy to sell okay so the first criteria is that the product has to be useful and functional so one step sells everyday items that we need they're not so much gifts they're things that we 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 use every day and then in the efforts of sourcing the products i um, always look at where they come from have they traveled a long way to come to us can they be produced locally and if they can let's do it um, and if they can't obviously let's get them from wherever they come from but let's transport them in a, a manner that um, makes sense so avoiding air freight for example I, I pay a lot of attention um, to who's made things um, when things are manufactured in Asia for example um, there's very little ways of checking under what circumstances they've been made um, and therefore wherever I can I try to get products that have a certification and that's a guarantee of quality and um, uh, sort of what workers rights and conditions and that's things. important yeah. as much as uh, as everything else I mean who wants to um, you know consume things that have made anyone suffer or animals you yeah. know it's, yeah. it's 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 all important stuff so I do spend a lot of time really looking into this and asking the questions to the suppliers and where a supplier is secretive or not interested or dismissive which does happen I move away from them I'm not interested mm. so your store really so it just seems like a place that kind of saves us as consumers time because we can put our trust in you that you've done this research for us um, and so then 
just buy freely, um, you or whoever else, you know, maybe doing something similar. But I'm wondering, you were talking earlier about, you know, let's say we're in a normal store on the high street or wherever that is. What can people um, do to make sure that those products that maybe are marketed as good for them or healthy or eco when they're not. Do you have any suggestions for people around those areas, like what they can look for to be like, oh, maybe that's marketing as opposed to truth? It, it, it comes with experience. And, 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 and so I think you've asked me two questions. So the first one is, can people um, uh, consume with confidence, buy with confidence from one step? And I really hope the answer is yes, absolutely. Because that the idea about putting all the effort into sourcing properly so that customers can relax and feel that they've come to the right place and there's no hidden truth. Um, and and obviously, I cannot guarantee 100% all the time that every product is, is uh, produced in the optimal manner, but I certainly try. Mm. So that's the first thing. Now, for regular shoppers um, to know what they're buying um, is not easy. It, the, the, the marketing effort is huge and we are often uh, led to believe, you know, given messages that give us a very positive image of a brand or of a product. But often when you start scratching the surface, you will find that you know, major brands use the eco-credential as a way of selling. They often invest in a social project somewhere just to, uh, you know, excuse uh, their manners of uh, of producing their own products. Um, and it's, it's a huge marketing um, pretense. Um, I think that's what they call greenwashing, you know, eco-cells. And therefore... Most brands are trying it, but they don't really mean it. Um, there are apps that you can uh, um, upload on your phone uh, and check when you go shopping to to check the credentials of you know brands that sell you clothes, for example. You can check. Oh, you know, that's good. Yeah, Dave, yeah. I, I will of, give you yeah. the name. I, I we'll can't. put them in show notes as well yes, for everybody. Yes, that's that's brilliant. And they they they're really good because you 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 go into a category of products, you enter the brand, and they will hopefully come back with an analysis on various criteria: um, human, you know, animal cruelty, um, uh, quality of the products, green credential, etc. Mm. Cool. Yes. That's really exciting because one of the things that I've realized, you know, as we go on this podcasting and life kind of yeah. journey, um, which is how good it feels when you really feel like you know, like I'm thinking going to One Step, for example, it's like you go there and you know, okay, I, as you said, maybe not 100%, but a very high percentage that oh, I'm doing something good. Like this purchase is going where I want it to go. And um, it makes me feel so good about myself. And also, I think it's uh, slowing me down in life in, yeah. a, in a very nice way mm. that I know that it's I'm like, It's a type oh. of mindfulness, isn't it? It's a type of, and, and you're taking care of yourself through taking care of other people. If you start to think about it, and then you start to think, oh God, who made my jeans? And then you start to then unpack, 
if something's cheap, I'm getting away with getting a good deal from a big company that make a lot of money. So that's my way of justifying it. But actually, it's probably not that you're making money from that company. You're making your you're, yeah you're you're ex- someone's being exploited somewhere because things cost money and time and effort and time and effort to make and you can't get around that yeah and and i think responsible consuming involves thinking yes it, it involves several things it involves slowing down as you said you know not consuming for the sake of it just just thinking what do i want what do i need buying quality so that you don't have to rebuy all the time mm. and thinking about where what you buy comes from this is really important mm. it doesn't it's not magic it, but i also think it's like um it almost well it ties into well-being and wellness and the sort of i think trajectory that as a species we've been on for quite a long time where we're just getting faster and faster things are becoming more easy more disposable um and it's like we're sort of careering into what are we careering towards? What are we what are we trying to do? And everyone could do with slowing down and taking stock and thinking about things. And then maybe if you do slow down and you're more mindful in your decisions, you won't need to spend so much money purchasing things to make yourself feel good about the fact that you're going too fast with everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like a big picture thing. Mentally as well for people. Yes, there's a lot of psychology in in, in um, cons- consuming, yeah. mm. and and the idea of slowing down is goes against what we have been uh, conditioned to, how we've been conditioned to behave. But I, what I found in the eco world, um, actually most of the changes consist of going back and you know starting again what our grandmothers used to do you know washing everything with vinegar and bicarbonate is nothing new it's it's what you know it's what works it's what works <laughs> yeah, and, and despite d- despite ha- uh, having had decades of being told otherwise uh, so that we could you know spend our money buying really you know dangerous products that end up doing exactly the same thing mm. um, you know one example is you know uh, uh, to unblock your pipes some of the products that they sell you are really really nasty um, and if you put down some citric acid down the pipes it will do just the same job if not better yeah brilliant can you talk to us a little bit about so you, you were saying before about the sink unblocker and one of the things that we found really interesting when we spoke um, to Joe in another podcast, the um, the, be- the natural beauty expert, she was telling us about um, runoff, about how it's all very well you using a product and thinking about how it would impact you if you breathe it in or you touch it or whatever, and then it's does a, it's done a job for you, but then thinking about where that product goes after it leaves your house, it goes into the water system, etc. And, and that responsibility also. Um, you were talking to us um, a little bit earlier about things like toothpaste and hand wash. And um, I found that really interesting because I didn't know about some of the ingredients. Could you tell us a little bit about 
about that. Sure, sure. And I, uh, I think Joe is absolutely right. I said earlier, we have the responsibility to understand where our products come from, but we also have the responsibility to understand where they end up. And often, as we know, it's in the, uh, in the sea, in the ocean. And we have to think, you know, what do I pour down the sink or brush my teeth with or wash my hands with that could cause harm to the aquatic life or, or, or the plants or anything? Um, so the example you're referring to, I think, is the antibacterial products, um, most of which use a chemical called triclosan. Um, triclosan, if I'm correct, is banned in the US. It's actually a really nasty chemical that... Um, uh, disrupts the um, hormones of uh, aquatic life and uh, uh, kills um, the corals as well. So you end up with, you know, um, messed up uh, fish population mm. uh, and dead corals. And this is through um, the products we decided to brush our teeth with. Mm. Um, so again, this is about being informed and, and, and talking about what you, you learn about the products you use every day. And once you've switched, um, and making sure that um, others are informed about the, the, the issue. Yeah, it's it's. It's something that I've really been thinking about so much since that uh, mm. episode we did with Joe. I, I Now again, I'm like, oh my gosh, when you think about the fish and also we're eating the fish and, you know, other well, and animals the, are and eating the, the fish. And the water system as a whole. Yeah. And, yeah. and the amount of microplastics that also makes its way mm. um, into the um, the waterways is unbelievable. And, and, and that's to do with fast fashion as well and the, the, the materials that are used in, in, in what we wear because every time we wash there's a little bit of plastic that goes down the, the, the drain and, and, and now I think they've found that plastic is to be found absolutely everywhere even in the very deepest um, uh, part of the ocean. It, it's a fine balance between being aware of all these problems mm. Um, talking about them, I think, is, is a really important um, part of things, uh, but not get um, completely um, depressed about yes. them. So I think we have to stay positive mm. and, again, go back to I can make a difference mm. and feel good about the difference that you make um, and, and you know, share what you know and um, uh, act at every level. You know, you, you can turn eco in most parts of your life you know you can uh, make decisions on how you go from A to B you know what you use in your back garden what products you buy what fashion you buy you can um, reuse so many things you know through shopping differently there's 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 ways of adapting your behavior in every area of life mm. that have an impact. And I think it's important to remain positive, uh, even though sometimes things can look a bit um, dark. Um, you were getting to as well with One Step, just inspiring people, little changes that they can make. Can you share with us, I don't know, a few, I'm just curious. Some, of ideas, some ideas for someone yeah. Yeah, who might 
be thinking, okay, oh, like what, me, what like you've given me the big one. Like, obviously, I need to do something about the Nespresso. So it, give me some more little ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might have to consult my list, but um, I'll give you a few. Um one is to opt out of 24-hour uh, delivery. We're so used to, it's, it's brilliant. You can order something and the next day it's, it's, um, it comes through the letterbox. Um, however, it doesn't make a lot of eco sense because it means that goods are um, not rationalized the way they're transported and there's a lot more uh, kilometers um, uh, driven and air freight. Um, another one would be to avoid balloons when you have a party we don't think about it yeah. um, balloons glitter it's just full of plastic mm. and we need to move away from and this and that's another thing isn't it it's just it's the norm it's always done we just don't, think, so you about don't think about it, it. Yeah. No. Yeah. no we don't yeah um, another eco step um, in the cities we've got used to going out um, in the autumn winter and sitting outside on the terrace with heaters um, so these are really a complete abomination they just heat the fresh air mm. so we just we, we think it's normal but really if you think about it it's not and then maybe uh, one more example um, uh, is, is to clean up your inbox um, from your emails from your old emails that sit there the, uh, I had thousands and thousands of them and what we don't know is that um, they have to be stored somewhere and they data centers. Data centers are extremely energy um, uh, uh, consuming and um, some of them uh, uh, take the energy of a medium-sized town um, wow. just so that your junk can sit there. <laughs> so that, you know. That is something that I would never ever have even thought no. about. Yeah. No, it's, it's quite interesting. I think you can eco your life in yeah. every area. Nice. Um, so I, I love talking about it. And yeah. I, I love the fact that just by sharing one conversation, you get um, other people like you to so oh, I never thought about this. Yeah. Mm, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, Gwen, thank you so much yes, for being thank here. You. Like, I can't wait to share this episode with yeah. everyone. And I look forward to seeing you online at One Step. Well, thank you so much, both of you. It's been a pleasure to talk about the things I love. Super inspiring. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Wow. What a brilliant episode. That was so interesting. I learned so much, huh? Yeah, she's so inspirational. And it's just made me think, like with the Joe episode, it's made me think so much about small choices that I can make and so many things that I didn't even, I wouldn't have even thought of, like the email thing. Oh my gosh. You saw how many emails I have. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Wow, I've been telling people that actually. I have as well. I told my mom the other day and she was like, oh my God, I never thought. Because you just don't think yes. about... Like you think of the internet as being something that doesn't really exist, but it's like, well, somewhere, somewhere, yes. isn't it? <laughs> well, I like I was telling a friend about it and she was like, oh no, it's fine. It's just out in the cloud. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> like the cloud is a thing. <laughs> yeah. We just think it's so interesting because that's our perceptive. Yeah. Perspective. That <laughs> <laughs> this stuff was just like, oh, it's like in fantasy land. Yeah. And some magical person holds on to it for me yeah. and it's not real. But it's there when I want it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should um, 
maybe put some on our Instagram, like some of the tips and oh, share gosh, yeah. them because I just think they're so, they're just so inspirational. If you can just do a few of them, eco your life. But her, her philosophy is so nice, isn't it? Because it's like non-judgmental. Yes. No, I think that's really inspirational. And even since we recorded this episode, I'm speaking to people in a different way where normally they're like, oh, shut up, you weird hippie girl. And now they're like, oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Because I kind of left my judgment Yeah, absolutely. behind. Because yeah. I struggle with that. <laughs> you know, all my yeah. kind of thoughts come, I don't say the words, but people know what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. And, and they don't respond well. But you know? it's true. People do just shut down if you are accusatory. Yes. Or if you say to them, you're, you've got to change your whole life. Because yeah. it's, it's just not doable, is it? It's really not. And, and it's too much. It is too much. But I also think it's the small steps, like I realize with myself, this has been a major kind of journey for me as we podcast. And I was thinking, I've changed so many habits now. And even where I changed just a little bit, and maybe I was still making a bit of an impact and I can pull back from that even more now. It's like taking those steps, that process of getting comfortable in that new arena. And then just, then you're ready for more because you get so much benefit mm. from it. And now it really excites me makes me feel so, it actually makes me feel happy and whole. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm really inspired by her store actually, because it really is an opportunity to help you make small changes. And it's like, you can go on and there's stuff, it's like not overly expensive. You can try it. And if you don't like that product, maybe you can try another one, you know, see where those ins are for you. Mm. How nice it is to be in touch with the environment, you know, it's like almost, it's part of being human mm. is acknowledging the gifts that we have from the world that we live in. It, you know, I think all other animals in some way do that. They're not wasteful. They're not, um, I think, I don't know. I'm not an animal <laughs> expert, but I don't think they really leave much. And it seems so important. It's a real missing for us. And mm. I think a lot of people maybe running around, like I know for me, I just feel much more complete as a person mm. being like, thank you for this. Yeah. And I'd like to thank the earth back by not dumping so much into it. And yeah. I'd like to acknowledge the people that I share the earth with, mm. except for a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they can go sit in the plastic. <laughs> That's so true. Taking responsibility makes you feel good about yourself. Mm. And I mean, I think once you start that conscious process of thinking, wait a second, you know, like everything is made of plastic. Like there's so many things that are made of plastic that you don't think about, like um, dental floss you were saying about, right? Oh gosh, I can't wait to get it. And balloons, the, she said about party balloons. Mm-hmm. And because it's not like hard plastic or a plastic bottle, I think sometimes we think it isn't plastic. And then you think, well, what is it made of then? Oh, plastic. Yeah, we're just so... Um, <laughs> but it's so common, it's you're so we're used to it. unconscious about yeah. it. We're not thinking at all. And it's just everything we take for granted. It's just, oh, that's there and that's how I do with mm. this. And I don't know. But I think we've been kind of conditioned by society. Yes. To think that way. And also, I think now things are coming through and you've got other options and you can start to think about it. I think before this this sort of 
wave of eco because everyone is so aware of our planet and climate change and that we have to make changes. It's It was quite difficult, if you did think about it, it was quite difficult to source stuff. Right. As a really positive thing as well that I think make can make can will make you feel good is that we do have the power. Mm. As consumers, we have the power. And thinking about it like a tree or like a trickle, that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, that it's exciting that we can take that back, you know? Yeah, well, you know, in the interview when we're speaking about the power, you know, when Gwen mentions this, I realized that I have almost felt powerless. Mm. And then when she was talking about airplanes, you would smoke on an airplane or in a restaurant. And that's just so funny now. It's the strangest thing ever. Although sometimes I've seen people smoking on the bus with me late night. (laughs) But besides (laughs) that, and I think they're really weird. Um, Yeah. But I'm like, oh yeah, we have made progress and we do have power. And that was so invigorating, you know, because I think it's really easy to feel kind of deflated by this mm. and that was really uplifting for sure mm. you know you can kind of go one of two ways sometimes yeah so yeah no I'm so glad that we've had her on and that we've been able to share this with people and also in the context of our podcast that it is a form of well-being because being conscious and being um, aware of what your Like if you followed a trail of something that you bought and you got to the point where someone was being exploited or an animal was being harmed or someone's home was being destroyed for it and you actually followed that back, I would feel horrendous about that. I don't want anyone, Mm. you know, like I, I hate any type of suffering. And so being more responsible for all of that, I think makes you just feel better. Completely. One of the other things I found so interesting was really thinking about why things are cheap Mm -hmm. and that it's actually, if possible, if you have the option to make sure that you buy something that's being made where you won't find that someone's being exploited down the line. I think sometimes it's so easy to be like, hey, I found a deal. And then it's not a deal at all Mm. and you're really harming people or the planet or both where it does feel good to just be like, I'm buying this. I know it like from Gwen's store. It's just like, I can Mm. buy this. I know no one's being harmed. Um, It might be a few pounds more than the cheapest version, but it's so worth it. You Mm. get back way more than what you spend. Definitely. And also, I would like to give a massive shout out to the Duck Pond Market, which is where I know Gwen from. It's where I met her. They, you were talking about like knowing where your products come from. And they, so they have markets all around London. And so check out their website. We'll put, put it in show notes. It's all about small producers. So like Gwen was saying about honey. So there's like people who come and sell the honey that they've made from their beehives and just supporting smaller businesses is always a good thing but also you know where your product has come from it's ethical sustainable and you also you know like so with joe as well you you can meet her and you know she's made the product and you know that your spending is helping her to be create create a great product rather than thinking okay i've got 
I've got an absolute steal here. Because actually, we all know money doesn't make us happy. Right. You know, there's more to it. And the connection, the human connection you get with going out, buying something, finding out the history or how it's been made or, you know, it gives you an appreciation for the product itself rather than just consuming. And like Gwen was saying, you know, all the psychology behind consuming. Again, we do know really at the bottom of our hearts that consuming stuff doesn't make us happy. It's, it's just filling a hole because you don't, you know, you don't need that much stuff. Oh my gosh. You know? It's huge. Well, before we end up here, we just want to say a huge thank you to Gwen. We love your store. Yep. Amazing. And I really encourage you all to go to onestep.earth, check out the store, see what you can add into your life and enjoy. Everyone, thanks for being here with us. You can follow us on Instagram at whatthewellnesspod. You can email us at whatthewellnesspod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at whatthewellness. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.